Tetrahedra, a math and science podcast providing a brief yet comprehensive presentation into a wide variety of STEM topics and DIY project ideas and challenges. Thank you very much for tuning in, and I hope that you enjoy the episode. Tonight's topic is a real-world engineering project. Specifications for a water fluoridation system upgrade that I found in the public notices section of the local newspaper. Yeah, some people read the political news, but I read the police blotter, the public notices, and, well, at least attempt to solve the crossword. I'm weird. What can I say? All right. Anyway. Let's dive right in. Let's start with a brief description of why water fluoridation is necessary. I'll be reading this from the CDC website at cdc.gov slash fluoridation slash index.html. Many research studies have proven the safety and benefits of fluoridated water. For 75 years, people in the United States have been drinking water with added fluoride and enjoying the benefits of better dental health. Drinking fluoridated water keeps teeth strong and reduces cavities, also called tooth decay, by 25% in children and adults. By preventing cavities, community water fluoridation has been shown to save money for both families and for the U.S. healthcare system. Oral health in the United States is much better today than it was many years ago. However, cavities are still one of the most common chronic diseases of childhood. Community water fluoridation is the most efficient and cost-effective way to deliver fluoride to everyone in a community, regardless of their age, income, or education. Most water contains some fluoride, but usually not enough to prevent cavities. Community water systems can add just the right amount of fluoride to local drinking water to prevent cavities. Community water fluoridation is recommended by nearly all public health, medical, and dental organizations. It is recommended by the American Dental Association, the American Academy of Pediatrics, the U.S. Public Health Service, and the World Health Organization. Because of its contribution to the large decline in cavities in the United States since the 1960s, CDC named community water fluoridation one of the 10 greatest public health achievements of the 20th century. Okay, now back to assembling our bid for this contract. The first item listed is to upgrade the fluoride bulk tank from 2,000 gallons to 1,300. I am not sure why they want to make it smaller, but hey, the government has their reasons. We're simply the engineers who want the contract. 
A bulk tank is simply a temperature-controlled vessel for storing stuff. In this case, the fluorine. I should also mention that the fluorine is likely not the pure element, rather in a compound like sodium fluoride when it is added into the water. Okay, so remove and replace the bulk tank is in our bid. What's next? We must add in removal and replacement of chemical pumps and double wall piping, which is exactly what it sounds like. Double wall piping is required by the US EPA in situations where potable water may come in contact with contaminants like wastewater. Rightly so, as I don't know about you, but I know that I don't want my drinking water to contain feces if there's, say, a leak at the plant. This condition gives us some insight into the area in which the plant will be renovated, knowing nothing else about it, as I do on account of never having visited the plant nor knowing where it is. Moving on, we must also replace the chemical injection quills and associated chemical supply tubing. Chemical injection quills serve to prevent pipe corrosion by injecting the fluoride directly into the water rather than having the fluoride flow against the sides of the water pipe. This also injects the chemical at the highest velocity portion of the fluid's velocity profile, assuming the no-slip condition. Next, we must also include a plan for removing and replacing the top slab of the bulk tank and installation of a chemically resistive coating in the existing bulk tank chamber. The next point we must include in our bid is a really interesting one that deals with the plant's control systems. The control systems of industrial facilities used to be operated by personnel 24-7-365. This meant that an operator would literally have to stand at every selector switch, push button, and dial without pause. As technology improved, these workers were subjected to layoffs due to increasing automation of plant processes through SCADA, an acronym for Supervisory Control and Data Acquisition. Basically, what a SCADA system does is collects data from sensors located around our system and provides real-time feedback to the operator who can then make adjustments to a particular part of the system if necessary. For example, if we are measuring the change in pressure after a valve, the operator will see a real-time graph of pressure versus time and be able to make any dilations to the valve necessary to adjust the flow rate. Technically speaking, the sensors are controlled by microprocessors, like Programmable Logic Controllers, or PLCs. The microprocessor sends data to the computer, which uses software to create the graphs 
and otherwise analyze the data. In addition to sensors, other items the SCADA system may control include motors, pumps, and valves. The system can also be set to automatically adjust these system elements if a certain measured quantity deviates too far from its ideal value. Not only does SCADA make a more efficient process by having one operator replace the jobs of several, as mentioned before, but the system can be controlled from anywhere by connecting the computer to the internet, leading to a plant that can be absolutely free of personnel. So anyway, long story short, our contract bid must contain a plan to make any necessary modifications to the SCADA system, including electrical, instrumentation, controls, leak sensors, and programming. Just three more points to go. As the lead contractor, we are responsible for testing and equipment certification, as well as devising a plan for site grading and restoration, as well as temporary and permanent vegetation. Any other work that we wish to perform to make the water fluoridation system the envy of the world can also be included at the end. Now, the only thing left to do is see a more detailed version of what the bid should include at the given website and submit the bid with a security deposit of 5% of the bid value. I hope that you found this episode as interesting as I did. I found this to be an application of school topics and a really cool one at that. Lastly, look out for a link on Twitter at at podtetrahedra that has some diagrams of what a water fluoridation system may look like. Thanks for listening, and as always, stay curious, tinker, experiment, and explore the world. Thanks for listening to another episode of Tetrahedra. Let me know what you think about this episode and or the pod so far by providing a message at anchor.fm slash tetrahedra, that's A-N-C-H-O-R dot F-M slash tetrahedra, or on Twitter at at pod tetrahedra. Also, be sure to follow the pod on GitHub at at pod tetrahedra. I've got some very exciting stuff planned, so be sure to stay tuned. As always, stay curious, tinker, experiment, and explore the world.